Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well here, Sam. Thank you very much. Still some beautiful weather we're getting in Australia at the moment, so I cannot complain. How are you doing? I'm very jealous of that. Yeah, no, not bad. Not bad. It's uh, We'll be lucky if we see blue skies for the next uh, six months. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll take it. We'll move on. Um, today, then, it's a busy week, but we've narrowed it down to talk about Microsoft Alphabet and meta uh but yeah what a week josh yeah huge week um you know that magnificent seven really sort of coming through this week as well because we've not even mentioned amazon in there as well yeah. so yeah some some really huge names and it's going to be a, a really big q3 earnings season just broadly because we obviously had a little bit of weakness in markets over the last sort of couple of weeks so i think q3 earnings is what could really give a bit of a boost back to markets again improve investor sentiment a little bit so i think some good earnings here could go a really long way oh yeah for sure i mean you know you've got exxon you've got chevron you've got coca-cola all reporting this week as well and and also separately away from the earnings bitcoin at one point jumped above 35k for for the first time in in, in quite some time I mean, it's still uh i mean it's trading as of right now 33 and a half but the week looks very strong uh i think crypto investors certainly bitcoin investors will will be pretty happy josh right yeah absolutely i mean look a lot of the bulk of this optimism is is obviously coming from this sort of growing expectation that we will see an acceptance of a of a bitcoin spot etf mm. um you know a lot of that's coming from obviously blackrock you know they've got a great track record of getting etfs across the line um and you've obviously got the world's largest asset manager, uh, you know, wanting to sort of be involved and, and offer Bitcoin to its clients. So that's huge. And, and I think for a little bit of context as to why this is so important, you know, the, the AUM of, of global ETFs is in excess of, of $10 trillion. So I think that that number there just can't simply be underestimated, particularly for an asset class that that is underowned by institutions, but very well owned by um by, by sort of retail investors but again you know crypto sort of really driven you know flown under the radar a little bit this year but bitcoin now with that sort of gain to sort of thirty five thousand dollars earlier in the week it took its gains to, to sort of over a hundred percent um so you know that that again is is huge numbers sentiment as i say i think is picking back up a little bit again our retail investor beat survey which we did with ben a couple of weeks ago that had some great numbers in there but you know ultimately the the number that sort of really jumped out was the 15 percent said that crypto was where they saw the biggest opportunity in the last sort of three months of the year that was above every other uh asset class as well so i think there's a couple of reasons for that obviously there is this uh etf news that i think is really driving a lot of optimism we've also got a bitcoin halving in march as well so i think investors are positioning themselves for that every bitcoin halving has, has always been followed by a bitcoin bull market 
Um, it's always been pr- proven to be piv- pivotable for Bitcoin. So definitely something that I think is a key catalyst. We've got uh, improving uh, banking and US corporate accounting regulations, which is making it easier to own crypto. And we've also got the potential to to maybe see the first central bank holding Bitcoin in its reserves coming up uh, sort of very soon as well. So I think a lot of a lot of catalysts there uh, for Bitcoin at the moment, a bit of an improving uh, regulatory environment as well. But I think it's all coming together at a pretty nice time. And, and I think that's what's helping sort of drive this asset class. So, again, remember, though, you know, set goals, have a strategy. This is a high risk asset class. Uh, it will move very, very quickly and we're going to probably see volatility return. So, you know, stick to those goals and, and have a strategy in place with this asset. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, the the rumor of that acceptance, uh, obviously it spiked higher and came lower pretty much within the same sort of uh, time zone. Um, but it hasn't actually gone lower since then. But of course, it is worth saying, just in case there was any negative news around that ETF, we have sort of started to price in the good news. So it would have to come a little bit lower. But at the moment, all seems good. Uh, let's move on to, to Microsoft. Just last night, they reported heading into the release they were up about 36% year to date and over 200% for a five-year period. So investors who have been holding for a while, they can't really complain. They're naturally going to be pretty pleased with that. Is that still the case? Yeah, they're going to be happy um, after this result. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Expectations were high um, heading into the selling season. As we said, a pivotal moment. You know, tech is, is really needing to deliver. They've got um, you know, very high valuations at the moment, and that needs to be justified. Um, but yeah, they needed to deliver, and they did exactly that. It was it was a stellar set of results, really, across the board. Revenue, earnings, cloud, all beat estimates. And I think, as I say, that goes a long way to helping sort of justify that sort of valuation that we're seeing amongst these sort of magnificent seven names, given sort of the year to date gains that that we have seen. Revenue was uh, just over 56 and a half billion. That was above Wall Street estimates of 54 billion. Earnings were $2.99. Again, well above 265 expected. So a solid result across the board. I think importantly, it shows that AI uh, investments are paying off. It obviously it spent a lot of money investing into open AI, which is obviously what drives chat GPT. Um, and, and that's really important, right? Because it's not just hype. We've obviously had a lot of hype around AI this year, but the huge beat on revenue is a clear indication of Microsoft monetizing AI. And that was something that the market has been longing for. Wall Street wanted that. Uh, and I think this just stamps its mark as sort of a clear leader in, in sort of the AI race. And then to even you know go even you know further, the focal point really of the report um, and I think what the market is narrowing in on was the 29% growth that we got from Azure Cloud. Um, that was better than the 26% markets expected. And I think that, again, points towards you know this growing need for AI, this continued transition of enterprises towards um, cloud, and also then just companies' reliance on cloud these days as well. Um, so again, really on the tail there of, of sort of AWS um, and, and a great sort of product. We, we've spoken a bit about tech and, and you know, it is the, the strongest sector this year, um, the best growth. It's leading this earnings recovery. And I think those earnings from Microsoft should go, you know, a decent way to, to sort of boost sentiment amongst investors. And I think it should help, um, you know, be a bit of a barometer for the rest of the sort of the, the, the tech names that we do have to come. But again, we said that there's, you know, um, 
you know, there's high expectations and they are high. You know, we talk about that magnificent seven. They've got to deliver because Q3 profits are set to rise over 30%. Compare that to the rest of the 493 companies in the S&P 500, it's minus 2%. So, you know, a lot of what's driving the S&P 500 right now is why we call them the Magnificent Seven. So, again, um, big boots, but so far, Microsoft's have filled them. Yeah, yeah, they have. They have. Uh, looking at their their chart, I mean, it, you could argue, really, since the beginning of August, back end of July, it hasn't done too much. It's just been in a range where it's slightly been going lower we're at the top end of that range now and i think if we see price get above 340 dollars a share and and stay above there i think investors will be super happy and, and, and it really does feel like the next direction would be back to the all-time high which we had earlier this year in july of course we need to really finish the week above 340 you'd imagine but if that happens i, th- I think people will be very very happy uh to to put on top the the great year it's had so far and also a good five-year period uh next up then another company who reported last night a busy tuesday busy tuesday alphabet aka google it's the fourth biggest company in the world by market cap and third biggest in the US, one behind Microsoft, which we just talked about, uh, and then Apple too. I mean, look, heading into the release last night, it was up over 50% year to date and had a five-year performance of about 150. So again, longer term holders, they can't complain. They've got to be happy. However, has the present changed that narrative because of last night or will investors still be sitting pretty calm? I think broadly, you, you'll be calm. But mm-hmm. the sort of probably the the way it's been punished in in after hours trade might might sort of tell a bit of a different story, but the the, the general story here and it's across both names is it's just cloud. Microsoft beat Google missed, mm-hmm. uh, and that is on cloud, right? Because even you know this was actually a decent report from Google. Other segments beat, but it was the cloud growth miss that sent shares lower in after hours trade. I think it traded down as much as about eight percent. I think it clawed a little bit of that mm-hmm. back, and it may do in in sort of pre-market this this morning. But, you know, like I say, outside of that, decent report. Headline sort of numbers beat expectations, 11% year-over-year revenue growth. Net income was uh, $19.69 billion, uh, earnings per share at $1.55, all better uh, than expected. And advertising revenues as well, which is probably one of the key drivers for Google, was better than expected, 60, $60 billion, um, 9% increase uh, compared to the previous year. We had some great numbers there from um, ads. So 18% growth. YouTube's ad revenue was up by 15% as well. So I think that's a really you know important story for investors to, to sort of look at because we've seen that a big narrative around these tech companies has been on advertising spend and enterprise and spending and, and marketing budgets. But I think that those figures tell us that, you know, that, that ultimately advertisers are willing to spend with Google and Alphabet, um, despite what is obviously high interest rates and, and obviously reduced corporate spending as well. But I think we've probably seen the bottom here of of this slowdown in, in advertising revenues uh, and advertising spend. And I think we're starting to see it sort of pick up slightly. But as I mentioned, though, the focus was on the cloud division um, and it was the outlier. It had a slower growth rate rate than expected of about 22%. So that came in under market expectations and Google does trail Amazon, uh, AWS and Microsoft Azure in the market for sort of cloud computing. Um, And again, when you're not sort of keeping up with those two massive names, um, you know, the the market's going to be sort of disappointed, which ultimately it was. And I think that what it, is, is ultimately done i think it's prompted some concern that there's 
you know, that that gap that I mentioned there between, you know, Google and then Microsoft and Amazon, that it's widening, right? They're, they're sort of, they, they can see Amazon and Microsoft, but, you know, they're, they're running ahead like the Jamaicans and, and the US are just continuing mm-hmm. to sort of struggle to keep up in the, in the hundred meters uh, relay. So that's always what it feels like, I think, with Google in this sense. It had a really positive um, start to the year with cloud because it reported uh, uh, profitability for for sort of the first time. So it can show you how quickly that that sort of market narrative can sort of change. You might be profitable, but unless you're keeping up with those two big hitters, mm. uh, you're going to struggle as well. I think that, you know, marred what was a, a pretty good report outside of that. I think there are a few risks here for for Alphabet. We've got an ongoing trial with uh, the US Department of Justice yeah. as well. You know, this monopolization of of sort of businesses, I think that's weighing on investor sentiment slightly as well. You know, we always do hear about big tech sort of getting caught up in legal battles and and all, you know, being sued left, right and center. Um so I think the market doesn't really discount it uh until we probably get some more uh sort of serious um allegations or maybe some more serious uh, actually movement in, in sort of these cases. But again, I think this could have a big impact on the business. If you're sort of demonopolizing what these companies can do with their balance sheets, it's going to restrict their f- future sort of growth. So uh, again, maybe the sort of short-term outlook is is sort of a little bit clouded, but overall it was a pretty decent report, just a miss on cloud that sent shares lower. Yeah, it's about 6% lower uh, at the moment. So off uh, off its worst levels, uh, but 130 per share is an important zone. It has to be said. I mean, it was the, the low back on the 14th i believe of august which then acted as a, a push for the rest of the summer but before that it was also resistance for for may and also support back in february it's a level that the market cares about so below 130 which would obviously you know need share prices to come a little bit lower for that to happen then it would be a little bit of a worry we're currently trading at 130 38 so yeah it needs to hold here today i would say uh but then, you know, maybe this is the level that people wanted to get in to sort of buy a dip. So we'll be uh, an interesting session ahead uh, once it really gets going. But uh, yeah, for me, that's the the key zone to keep an eye on. So that's two done, three or one to go. Uh, and our final subject that we've gone for today, as we mentioned earlier, is Meta. Uh, they report their earnings later, uh, which... Uh, will be obviously another interesting one. Massive company uh, has recovered very well over the last sort of 18 months or so. What are we looking for? What are the street expecting? What do the bulls want to see? So I think if we take one look at Google's advertising beat, I think that should translate as the good news for for sort of meta heading into results because, you know, you know, advertising is is sort of the the focal point really for for sort of meta. It's what drives it. Um, and if they're making you know more money uh, in advertising revenue, no one's going to sort of care about how much money they're losing on their metaverse push. But look, it's it's got uh, you know just like Microsoft, just like every other tech name, the bar is high. But I think particularly with Meta, it's even higher given its huge gains this year. I think we were at over two hundred percent at sort of one point. So, you know, that is significant. You've got to deliver when you're seeing, you know, such a big uh, return. Q3 revenue guidance from themselves in Q2 was between 32 and 34 and a half billion. Wall Street expects around 33 and a half billion. So smack bang in the middle of both of those. To the top side of that, I think the market's uh, really going to like it. But back to the sort of advertising point. Again, like I said, that's the key. This is what led Meta to sort of better earnings in Q2 helping to sort of really further fuel that you know rally that we've seen so far this year 
And I think that was a sign, as I said earlier, that we'd seen the bottom of this sort of advertising slump. It had sort of picked up from its lows. And as I say, Google's numbers, I think, support what should be a you know better reading on, on sort of advertising. And, you know, if you're going to spend your money, I've said this a number of times, you know, if you've got ad spend, it's going to be Google or, or Meta, um, you know, YouTube, Instagram. You know, those are the dominant um, places that, that, you know, people go, this is what we use every single day. But I think the the commentary outlook is going to be really interesting as well, you know, because uh, whether that is on advertising spend, if we have actually seen that bottom, you know, if there's maybe a little bit of fear and concern over what is ahead, you know, if rates stay higher for longer. I know Jay Powers has sort of been a little bit on the back foot saying that they'll stay on pause, but how long are we going to see rates uh, elevated for? And that's going to be really key. Does that then dampen um, advertisers' sentiment on, on spending more money? Um, so that's going to be really important. But as for you know other big tech earnings ai that's going to be sort of the focus during the q2 earnings call meta said that almost all of their advertisers on the platform were using one of its ai products so you know i also think they're launching ai glasses with ray-ban as well i think that that won't come through in this quarter but i actually saw a video with zuckerberg um, introducing it and, and basically these sunglasses, you put them on and you could walk up to something in Italy or wherever you might be and, mm. and you might be still outside the Colosseum and you can say, uh, Meta, like, tell me what I'm seeing. And wow. it will look through the glasses and then it will it will start reading to you saying, this is the you know this Italian Colosseum. It was, yeah. yeah. So again, some great products there, a bit gimmicky um, for sure. But again, um, you know, it's it's all part of, of of sort of Meta's sort of project. So that will be interesting to hear what they've got to say there. Then it comes back to margins. Um, you know, Zuckerberg's touted 2023 as the year of efficiency. They cut costs big time. That drove, uh, you know, significant margin improvement in Q2. So I think, again, a big focus there again this quarter. And as I said, right at the top of this, Reality Labs, which is obviously that Metaverse push, which is obviously mm-hmm. losing billions of dollars. You know, it might be under the spotlight with those mounting losses, but, you know, the, the market isn't going to worry about it if they've made a lot more money uh, in advertising revenue. If it's a beat on advertising revenue, you won't see anyone talking about those losses in Metaverse. Uh, those Metaverse conversations uh, only sort of came up when, you know, the company was significantly struggling yeah. and, you know, it was question marks over why Zuckerberg was spending billions of dollars on on sort of that push. So, again, you know, I think there's quite a bit to watch from Meta, uh, but again, bar is set high. If you don't deliver, you'll be punished, just as we've seen with Google. But if you do deliver, you'll be rewarded, as we've seen with Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, from literally a year ago, I mean, the low that we had uh, after that that poor run that you mentioned, you know, was the week of the 24th of October. So literally a year ago. Since mm-hmm. then, we're up about 257%, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, it when the report is all said and done, the bulls will want to see, in my opinion, the share price above 327. Very, very strong resistance level. Actually going back to, by the way, uh, January last year, we've hit it a couple of times since then, most notably July and then a couple of weeks ago. Uh, to the downside, uh, the bears, if there are any still floating about, would want to see price below 287. So the range for me, 287 to 327, uh, that's how I would look at it. Uh, and again, remember just to have a bit of patience, wait and see what happens it's a busy week there's lots of company earnings coming out uh as well uh so we'll be back next week to, to wrap it all up and i'm sure there'll be some other big stories developing josh as usual thank you very much for for joining us today my pleasure and enjoy the rest of the week everyone take care take care guys you have been listening to digest and invest by etoro 
For more information, use eToro.com.